Hello and welcome to Walk in the Earth podcast. I'm Justin Castle calling in from Astoria, New York. And hello, I'm Mike Margulies. I'm calling in at, from Baltimore, Maryland. And we've got our guest today, Amy, calling in from Garrison, New York. How are you doing, Amy? Hey, I'm pretty good. How are you guys? Doing great. Good. Yes, yes. So, Amy, um, Amy is our first official guest host of Walking the Earth podcast. So, like, let's give Woo! a round of applause for Amy. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Woo! we've been... Uh, we put the all call in there a little while ago, and she replied, and we're glad to have her here. She's also more of a personal recruitment. Yeah, than, she, than she's, yeah. <laughs> she's a friend. Forced recruitment. <laughs> she's a friend of of the podcast, so um, it was it was very. There's a lot of recruiting that went on, um, and, and we're friends IRL too, in real life. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what that actually meant. I had to actually say that out loud so I understood. <laughs> um. But um, we, we've had the distinct pleasure of having you um, do some reconnaissance for us and find some awesome people to talk to while you're on the road. Um, recently, you went to, to Germany, uh, actually Berlin, for a trip. Uh, what, so you tell us more about the trip. What was the, the purpose of the trip and like how long were you there? And, and what was, you know, what did you do while you were out there? Um, well, I planned to go to Germany like a while ago because uh, I had a lot of friends who were going to all randomly be there at the same time. And um, then I wasn't sure about going because I've had some health problems and was like, what am I doing? And it ended up being like, a am going to go and have fun and forget everything kind of trip. Um, and awesome. it was going to, yeah, it was going to be way more of a like, academic and like fancy experience mm. but I made it just about fun and had too much fun <laughs> <laughs> no such thing no such thing as too much fun. I, I mean yeah if you get overtired maybe oh that yeah yeah I I do I do understand that when you're overtired you can't do anything um but anyway they that's that's awesome that's awesome where did you where did you wind up touching what cities did you wind up going to on your trip um, I was in Mannheim, Heidelberg, and Berlin. Mm -hmm. um, Mannheim and Heidelberg are like really old cities um, in the southwestern part of Germany. Uh, I went there because I had free places to stay. Um, cool. In Heidelberg, I found out that I randomly have family there. Oh, really? That's um, cool. Yeah. Uh, and I met like a great uncle who didn't care at all. But I took some pictures with my last name on top of a building. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so your family owns buildings in Heidelberg? Um, my grandfather's uncle something started a, like a fancy bed and breakfast in Heidelberg. Um, their last name is Hecht, and that also means like giant fish. So I was seeing Hecht everywhere, and then I saw like Hecht something in, and it was really pretty. Oh, that's cool. I've, I actually have a bunch of friends last name Hecht. I never knew that. Oh, God. Giant fish. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it was everywhere. Um, and there were a lot of parks that I spent time in, like doing park stuff, like not smoking or anything, but just like chilling. And there were signs like, hey, this is a squirrel. And oh, hey, there's a Hecht over here. <laughs> um, it's just like a big, ugly fish. Uh, oh, okay. 
There were signs saying here there's a here's a squirrel. A yeah, well like a what? black squirrel. I don't know. Like people who care about nature are like interested in that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> that's, well, I didn't. Well, like, huh. So I don't know. The the parks in Germany are really interesting. They're not like oh here's a five foot square inch thing of some trees, but hey, this is actual nature. Like the parks are as big as Central Park and people really care about them and want to see animals and they're less um, touched by humans. I gotcha. That's cool. Mm. That's cool. Because, yeah, Central Park is definitely is just like trees inside of a city with lots right. of squirrels and rats and they don't have signs for the squirrels in Central Park. No, they don't. They're just there. <laughs> Nobody cares. They want to get their Instagram pictures, which are fine, mm -hmm. and then like go back to work. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I guess Maybe. I see so many tourists when I'm in the city taking photos of the squirrels all the time like they've never seen a squirrel before. Oh, they're awful. <laughs> and actually, this yeah. is really interesting. I, I, I don't know if you're in, you're in semi-upstate New York, like not it's, quite. It's not upstate New York. You're in lower. You're upstate <laughs> of the when city. I say that. So yeah. I'm above the city. The phone books I get say downstate New York. It's uh, um like 45 miles up the Hudson River. Right, 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 right. I got you. Well, if in true upstate New York, like the Syracuse um, area, like the, squir I, the squirrels. That was your like, old stomping grounds. That's my old stomping grounds before I moved here. This was like three years ago, Mike. Um, yeah. Huh. I was, there are black squirrels. They're actually black, like different. They're not like the squirrels down here in Maryland, which are like grayer or like more, I, I call them like ugly. ugly. <laughs> I think the black ones are kind of weird looking, but um, because they definitely stand out in, in like the winter time if you see one. Um, but I guess their <laughs> adaptive qualities are different. But anyway, let's not talk about squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, like, so, uh, well, my whole point in all of that was that like, the parks in Germany were really interested in like all of nature and not in altering stuff to humans. Mm -hmm. uh, and cool. like Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's cool. Wi-Fi in the nature? No Wi-Fi. Um, trees don't have Wi-Fi yet, but but they will soon. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's coming. I hear. I hear it yeah. every day. The Wait, internet of things. The yeah. Internet. Yeah, I can't wait till my squirrels have Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, so you were on this trip, this journey. You went out to the parks. Um, you got to see where I guess some of your distant relatives have have had buildings in the past. Um, what else? What else did you get to take a look at while you're out in um, in that part of the world? Um, well, everything was completely unplanned, and I mean, it was only like a three week visit mm -hmm. so I guess it's not that unplanned um I got to see uh, part of the ring cycle in Germany uh which was a big deal for me as a classical music opera person what, what is the ring cycle yeah it's uh so Richard Wagner who is kind of a fascist but like really important composer um his like masterpiece was the ring cycle it's this like 20 million hour opera uh, that he had a theater built for because the technology was so advanced um, and like the special effects he wanted uh, 
he just needed to get this thing put together and he like wrote this uh, kind of manifesto about how music and opera is not just opera, it's art, it's design, it's um, the lyrics, it's the special effects. Uh, he really just like reinvented music and stuff and it was very cool to see his shit there. Nice. Um, gotcha. So that's one thing I did. Um, cool. Nice. That's awesome. And I mean, and also while you're out there, um, we're gonna be posting this as well. And but you spoke to your your long lost friend Nina, um, which we have Mike and I have had the privilege of listening to your conversation, which was incredibly interesting. Um, so why don't, you, why don't you just tell us, like, how, how did you meet Nina and how, how did this reunion take place? Where, I, I guess you guys used to live in, in Maryland, is that right? Yeah, um, so I moved to Baltimore for college. I went to Goucher College and then have lived in the city because I love it. Um, and she uh, moved to Maryland with her family when she was 12 and was visiting um, from Germany and I, I just met her at a bar called Dionysus um, in Mount Vernon. It's now closed. And yep. we... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that bar. Yeah, it's on um, St. Paul Street and like Eager or Reed. Um, that street was featured in one episode of House of Cards. Yeah, I remember them filming it. I walked past it. So, yeah. Anyway, so we found out we have mutual friends and we both say fuck all the time and like <laughs> knew the same like really random piece of literature from like the 18th century and like like to talk about dicks and just have kept in touch and she <laughs> um we would always hang out and get drunk and stuff when she would visit baltimore um which is where her family was living mm-hmm. um and invited me to come visit her in berlin i did that in 2014 and had a really good time and then I did it again um, in May and had a very good but very different time. Gotcha. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, because you guys are definitely in, have come a long way since then. Like. Um, oh, man, yeah. Such a long way. If you'll, you know, when, when Alyssa's get an opportunity to hear, you know, she, you know, Nina's now mom. She's raising a kid. You, you will hear that in the background, um, uh, her taking care of her baby, which, which, it adds, like you said, it adds the authenticity of you sitting in a room in Berlin with Nina and having this conversation. Yeah. I mean, what was so interesting and um, a lot of stuff hit me when I went to Berlin, but like we were two angry, kind of like bitchy feminists mm-hmm. who were like just interested in having fun. And then I don't know, time happens and you become more pragmatic and you stop having contempt for women who want to have children mm-hmm. and you become less <laughs> PC principally about every single possible racist thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we both matured and changed a little bit. And um, I loved Germany for all the reasons why I hate DC because it was so organized and clean and you could get places whenever you wanted to. And it was so safe. Um, nice. and I didn't realize how nice that was until I got that and then went back to Baltimore and it's really hard to get to Hamden sometimes. Gotcha. Oh, that's, I, that's, <laughs> I, that's actually good to hear because I, 
I was actually having a conversation about this before about Washington and how spread out it is and how hard it is to commute around. So it's it's really funny. I this is just in the must be in the zeitgeist, the the greater mental state, you know. Oh, definitely. And <laughs> as we like try to become like a greener country, like this is I think one of the biggest issues like having uh, a way to get food close to where you live, having a way to get to school close to where you live and get to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and just driving your car creates so much angst and there's so many car accidents and there's so much pollution. And having a tram that you just step on and step off of is amazing. And that's um, a big part of political change that is possible instead of like, you know, maybe trying to get a different president in. What if we just have more public transportation? Right. I, I kind of quite enjoy not having a car. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. don't want to have one anymore. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. But, but it's, I like you having a car, though. Is, yeah, it's get around. cool. <laughs> 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 yeah. Pay me back for driving. Huh? I like when you pay me back for driving you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's nice of you. You yeah, should. it's nice. It's, Thanks, yeah, Mike. Very You're welcome. My pleasure. Um, <laughs> yeah, very progressive. Um, I will. I will ask you this. So, so commuting around Berlin and other parts of Germany was that. So that was generally pretty easy. Yeah. Um, well, all of the cities were so organized. Like exactly this many houses will be here. There will be these businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds very German. And yeah, <laughs> Nazis. We're good at some things, I guess. Well, maybe not all the Nazis did the planning. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, there's just stuff all the time, and it was really walkable. Like there aren't there are sidewalks everywhere. It's not super hilly like in Baltimore, which like you can't help. Um, and even when I got totally lost and couldn't speak the language, and my phone was dead. Um, I didn't have a hard time figuring out where I was going or someone was always helpful. Um, and it, it's very like common sensey. like this train will run north every five minutes, the end, not like waiting. Yeah. Everything's on time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I rem- that's something I really remember is like all the trains would be uh, ex- exactly when they said they'd be there. Hmm. Um, unlike New York, <laughs> un- unlike Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> And there were so many bikers and walkers uh, that that was really cool. Biker, bikers and walkers, just in general, in each city that you went to, you're saying? Like, there's a lot yeah. of foot commuting and... Because it's possible and it's safe and it's popular and not in, like, a stylish way, but this makes so much sense. Why do you need to drive five minutes when you could walk for 15? Right. Um, yeah you know what I know I do notice that when I go home um, my family we are kind of a little isolated like where Mike the street that Mike and I grew up on but the uh, county yeah that's far away from stuff it is yeah I'm gonna go there this weekend yeah say hi to the county for me yeah Um, but the but honestly we could walk for when I'm home my parents you know, will will take me places and drive me around because I also don't have a car. But when I am there and I'm like, oh, I don't mind walking down the street. Or when I went on vacation with with um, my girlfriend, 
like we were like oh we can walk 10 minutes and get to downtown parts of upstate new york and that's not a big deal to us like i don't need to drive that ten, that five minutes um and it's just kind of like not mm. out not in the normal thought process i guess of other parts of the country where you're not in a city yeah uh, it's hard to get around owings mills without a car <laughs> Yeah. And it, this is what made me realize I never want to be like, I want to live somewhere where I can walk to get everything I need. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much less anxiety. And what makes me so sad about Baltimore is that like students I used to work with had to do things to get enough money to get a metro pass to get to school and to get to their summer jobs. Hmm. I didn't even know we had a subway. I've never used it. Well, now I know we do, but um, it's miserable. Gotcha. And Everywhere should have a bus stop or a flying carpet stop, whatever we have these days. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Baltimore public transit situation isn't the greatest. I mean, we have yeah, we do have like a metro, but it's like one line kind of. Um, there's a light rail, I guess, too. And the bus, the buses though are the worst. They just like never really show up. Um, hmm. um, well, that's why. But that's kind of I, why I where I'm living. I chose to be like kind of a place that is walkable pretty much and is for even though there's not a lot of public transport, it's sort of like at the vortex of where the public transport is. So, um, so at least it's, it is manageable to get around without a car. If you, if you are located in the right part of the city, but some parts of the city are like really in, like I used to live when I first moved to Baltimore, like, you know, whatever, like last February I was in Canton, which is, (laughs) it's pretty like far. It's I thought that was your favorite part of Baltimore. Um. <laughs> so that's the answer is, uh, which is means not. <laughs> no, but it, people are different, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Canton, that. Canton is like a pretty like whitewashed part of Baltimore. I guess it's like um, I don't know. Um, I, it's good. It's cool for what it is. Um, it's also very far. Like remo- it's kind of isolated. It's this yeah. like removed section, and if you don't have a car especially it's like um most people there do um and uh for me it was just really inconvenient trying to like get around the city right you know? right and they i thought they had talked about putting in some sort of train system oh but it... there's so much talk and there's also like a couple hundred million dollars that's been allocated to baltimore um yeah and it for... won't be done because people are racist pretty much <laughs> right um and <laughs> legislation is so slow and no one can agree on anything. I've been trying to keep up with um, uh, DOT stuff uh, as I've become like more of a serious biker around the city. Hmm. This stuff really matters. Um, yeah. So yeah, stuff I mean, should happen and it can happen. It's hard but... though. I mean, I've literally been in bars in Canton where you know people have said, oh, I don't want a metro. I don't want those thugs to be able to come here. You know, um, that's right. kind of an attitude that's people like some people that are in that area. I'm not saying everyone there is, but like some um, folks want this isolated kind of aspect to it. Um, right. You know, so Baltimore's Baltimore is an interesting city in this respect. And um, yeah, it's, it's a very segregated city. Um, it is. And um, definitely yeah. is. And, but I, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's coming. I think it's come a long way from where it has been in the past, but I think also at the same time, it's still lagging behind in a lot of ways. And that's one of them is the, this, the sentiments of, of, you know, division and keeping people 
isolated, like you said. But yeah, although I I, I, interesting. Sorry, go ahead, Amy. Oh, I think it also has like brought out like incredible opportunities for art and music and theater. Um, like that's why I love this city so much. I can't mm. find like like the local hip hop scene is amazing. Um, mm. So like with injustice comes uh, like the most creative minds. Yeah, right. there is a really cool creative uh, scene here, and then like and so mm. closer to like the center of the city is a little bit more like uh, integrated and diverse. So you know, so we're we. Amy and I both live like I'm in Mount Vernon and Amy's a little bit north of me. Are you considered station north where you are? It's Amy? called uh, Bolton, Bolton Hill. Bolton Hill. Um, but then I, I was. We're saying, near like the oh, arts yeah. districts and stuff. So yeah, um, so station north is like the up and coming cool place, and I was or cool area that is diverse. And I was saying that name, and someone interrupted me and said, "Oh, you can't call it station north. The like white artists." like created that term it's really like this and this and like lower right. remington and i don't even know i don't remember the names but i just thought like huh. whoa i have no idea that this name is so political and offensive when i thought uh, this was the area it's huh. the name it assumed as it was i guess for lack of a better word becoming gentrified is that uh, yeah accurate yeah. Yep. yeah it's still like it's interesting though if you walk around you know uh, say like north avenue in baltimore um you have a lot of relatively new, um, say, like cafes or bars and stuff, and there's also a, like just tons of vacants. You walk down the street, just vacant, 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 vacant. And yeah. So it's it's a very interesting um, area. Um, yeah, I I want it to thrive. Like I do, like no, no matter where I am in the world, I feel like I want, I always want to represent Baltimore, and I want to represent it in a positive way, and I want it to be a place that I'm you know, that is thriving, you know, I don't want it to be a place that is, you know, um, uh, dying or like vacant. Like that's, I don't think it's dying. Um, no. I, no. I love it. I wish I was there now. Um, all we need is to make sure that like rent does not go up when new businesses emerge. Like that's right. it. Like mm. let people stay where they grew up in. Right. Mm. It's, and that's hard to reinforce unless... Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this is the challenge of like, you know, so there is this, you can see it, you walk down, this, there's a lot of, like I said, all these vacants and so people are coming and trying to make things there. And then the challenge is how do you balance this uh, idea of, you know, reinvigorating, say, an area, whatever you want to call it, without harming the people that are currently there, um, you know, pushing people out. Uh, right. I don't know the answers to these questions, uh, honestly. I but, don't know. That's um, definitely a thing that the country is facing in certain and, parts. And the whole world. I don't know. This is a big point of discussion I had with Nina and some of her friends. Like, Berlin is getting pushed out of Berlin. Um, now the cool cities are Leipzig and then Oslo and Prague. Um, hmm. Yeah, so she moved around a lot to try and, like, follow the cool scenes and cheap rent and then i think kind of gave up on it right yeah and, and you go, go ahead mikey if you well, and i was just gonna ask you amy like because you have um you've worked with some like uh some kids uh that live in this area and like on a personal level uh, and you probably have uh, i would just be interested for you to share some perspectives that you've gained from those experiences um i mean just really basic stuff like 
everyone everyone who's a student should have free public transport free bus rides or whatever to their school the end um summer school doesn't work like that in baltimore city it's unbelievable mm. and like like i had to drive kids to school at like seven o'clock in the morning to get like four miles away which meant like 35 minutes of driving huh. um and like people don't have ways to get to their jobs and uh i like my role um in this organization called thread that was most useful was picking up kids and picking up their parents from work and taking them to appointments and then taking them back home or to a job um navigating around baltimore was so difficult and uh there isn't even like a thought that oh this shouldn't be this way because some people have just never had easy access to get where they want to go right can i ask what can so that is what thread is or can you tell us what is is that what the organization does oh um it's a program that started in um one high school and now it's spread to three in baltimore city uh, it's called thread like weaving the um connections of people like by a thread and then you find out you're all like connected by the same fabric um <laughs> kind of cheesy but nice um and it's about like connecting people and building giant relationships and you um they find uh students who are very very behind like not just like failing but ultra failing like have never gone to school all year and um convince them usually to be involved in this program they're set up with um literally a family of older students and people in Baltimore um and you try to help them survive of course the idea is you want everyone to get straight A's and go to college but um sometimes it's something as simple as like making sure they get breakfast in the morning like mm -hmm. last summer i dropped off pop tarts once a week at a kid's house um Aww. and that like makes such a difference and you get funding from the organization um mm -hmm. and uh so you you just want to get these kids to find something they love and to do it um mm. while knowing you can't stop stuff you can't make someone dead like come back you can't change them from making these choices and uh the program sticks with them for 10 years so it's not like you drop them and say goodbye it's like you try to get through high school or get a right. GED get a job um until they're about like 28 or so gotcha mm. is is this is this out actually is this an organization only in Baltimore cuz I've heard of similar things in other yeah, parts of the it's, country Yeah it's only in Baltimore um so I don't want to I can't totally speak for the don't, organization Don't don't do it if you don't want to mine, <laughs> But um I know that there were offers to extend this program to Philadelphia and to make it bigger than just three high schools in Baltimore because it was so effective but um the people in charge wanted to keep it the size it was uh because they didn't want things to get exploited or things to fail um mm. but it from like my experience community based education programs are the most successful like you can't just give kids money or like one high school $1000 like parents um neighborhoods businesses everybody needs to get involved cuz um 
Like, kids don't go to school just because they don't feel like it. They go because they, they can't. It's not safe. They don't have clean clothes. Like, they don't have a way to get there. They're too hungry. Like, all these things you don't think about are, like, life shit. Um, mm, right. So, yeah, yeah community. Yeah. yeah, and um, I'd also love to hear you comment on, like, you know, you're doing, like you were saying, like, maybe it's the simple things, like giving, making sure people have food or a ride, and, like, you've also done um, even other stuff as well, like, you, there are kids that you've helped navigate through, like, the court systems and stuff, right? Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, well, it's all, like, sad and really mm-hmm. difficult. Um, a lot of kids have to go through the juvenile justice system or like just the regular Baltimore justice system um like one thing that made me realize I never want to be a lawyer because this is so miserable um I mean uh I guess you guys have talked about like the justice system being fucked up in the past but this is the I don't know I have so much to say um like once you get in trouble with the law as a juvenile, you're kind of in trouble forever, even if you didn't do anything wrong. Like you were, you're considered a bystander by a magistrate. Um, You are still like put in this rehabilitation program because it's assumed, well, there's something wrong with you if you like happen to be on the street when there was a robbery. You must be like poor and uneducated. So we want to keep an eye on you so you you don't stay that way any longer. Um, So it's like you've already failed and we're going to keep you failing. And then like being monitored by um, case officers or whatever takes so much time. And like if you're not at your home when someone comes over, you are assumed to be like committing a crime when really you maybe you couldn't even get to your house or that wasn't safe for you. it's just really backwards and miserable, and um, I don't know what to do about it. Right. It's yeah, I mean, it's just kind of fucked. Um, <laughs> and I, you, I don't know a lot about it myself, but it's like, I mean, yeah, so the the words used, I guess, when they made this program was things you're saying, like, oh, yeah, we have to help try to, it's supposedly to try to help people, but it sounds like it does the exact opposite. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I've met some really incredible, caring lawyers and humans who are humans. Um, but the 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 way the system works really, really sucks. Um, meat grinder. Meat grinder. Yeah, the system. <laughs> you get you get you get put through the meat grinder. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's really um, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. I. And I know, like you said, Mike and I have talked about other things about like drug drugs and being being in a loophole that you can't get out or a cycle you can't get out of. And that definitely sounds like how can, how can a third party determine what is right or wrong for somebody in an, in a, in a community or a a kid who doesn't know who's figuring things out as they're going and then saying, you, you must do this. You must do that when they have no concept of what their lives actually are like. And that's, I, I don't know that that frustrates me immensely. I, I again, I don't have an answer, Ugh. but it's just it's just like this, you know, something in the pit of my my chest just pains when you say that. I mean, the the last thing I'll say is that um, if like if a kid is uh, being 
processed or whatever, and it's proven that they don't have a history with marijuana, um, their sentences or whatever happens are much lesser. Um, there's, uh, I don't remember the acronyms and all these like programs, but um, there's such a difference between like kids who are found to have like maybe been in the same room as a blunt as kids who like were not found to have been. Um, wow. So like Wait. another, so like uh, this kid didn't have to, one of my students um, had a much easier sentence because uh, we wrote letters saying that he has never done drugs and never wants to do drugs and is a good person and hasn't done drugs and definitely has not done drugs. And the judge magistrate guy was like, okay, cool, that's good. You can still be a basketball player. Literally, like, gave this speech what? about, like, working hard and being a basketball player oh that, what? like, he is given to many other kids. So the, huh. the point is, like, uh, drugs are really, like, the worst thing in Baltimore, Baltimore juvenile court. Right. It's, it's insane. Like, when, the fact like, of whether or not you do drugs determines whether you get treated like a human. Huh. Like that's yeah. or whether you've been in the same room as and drugs. And like, how can you prove you have or haven't done something? Right. I mean, I guess you can get blood tests, but like being caught in a room with a gun doesn't mean you were using it. Right. Um, so it it sucks, and it would be cool if stuff changed. Um, I think the Baltimore Sun is uh, starting to write some articles about this, and mm. there are a lot of people who care and want the justice system to change. I certainly do. I just I don't know where to begin. Yeah, I mean, I think it's happen it's happening slowly, but it is happening, and it, I I think Baltimore is one of the places where it is happening, uh, probably because it's been so bad here. Um, but I mean, just at least some positive examples that I can draw from are like, uh, I think just the other day, actually, Governor Hogan um, signed into law a, some criminal justice reform uh, that would increase the number of, uh, increase expungement possibilities for people. Um, and there's organizations like uh, like LEAP, which is Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, that are, uh, these are former Baltimore City cops that are talking about all these issues that they're seeing. Um, mm -hmm. And there's also on the on the front with like say the heroin problems here, it's starting to be treated more of like a as a public health issue versus a criminal justice issue. You see a lot of ads around Baltimore City now for naloxone, which is overdose um, you know, reversal basically. Hmm. Um, and so um, you know these are small steps. We still have a really fucked system um, yeah. overall, but I am seeing at least some. Uh, a little bit of hope and people starting to look at the problem in a different way, starting to, uh, you know, have a more reasonable approaches. I mean, it's, there's this broader issue to me of like, we just tend to like dehumanize our fellow people. people. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, if you, if there's something that you've done, we, we've made these certain kind of arbitrary behaviors that, um, if the society doesn't, you know, like what you do, whether it's, oh, you use drugs or you're a homosexual or whatever. And if you don't fall into these um, things that are quote unquote normal, then the, the society is given this ability to dehumanize you. Right. Um, and this happens at many, many, many layers of our society, drugs being one of them. Well, think uh, of, a, 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 a blunt weapon used here in Baltimore, you know. Right. Well, think about politicians too. Like they, they definitely stand in their grand grand stand and try to say we will not stand for you know 
for certain things like drug like drugs or we'll you know the war like we talked about war on drugs and things like that once they stand on that grandstand and say that this is bad then everybody and their you know all the parents and their you know for their kids sake they're like we will not associate with anything remotely it's even close to that because this is how it is and Mm. um and i think that people are scared of it like like once you are caught, maybe say, so maybe you, you think you, you have a problem, somebody has a problem with a certain substance and they're, they are addicted or whatnot. Like, um, you know, definitely I can, I can think back into the past. Like I shy away from somebody even remotely knew had some sort of problem. And I, oh, would, yeah. you know, like I don't, I don't want to be associated with that person and therefore harms me and my potential and i can imagine all the parents in the in the world that don't want that for the kids like once like you said amy once that is once that's on your record or once you're 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 labeled with that then it's it's a hard thing to overcome yeah Um, and the shame you get when maybe you shouldn't have shame at all uh really holds you back right yeah we shame people versus helping them you know? Right, um, and I've heard actually. I, I was at a conference recently where one of the speakers. Um, this was like a, a drug policy conference, and um, the speaker used this definition of addiction that was. I think she said, uh, "What if we define addiction as compulsive behavior, despite negative consequences?" Which I think is a reasonable uh, definition for what addiction you could call addiction, right? Right. And if, if addiction is compulsive behavior despite negative consequences, then why in the fuck would we use negative consequences to try to fight addiction? Why would you right. use punishment and prison? Um, so it's just a bass-ackwards uh, mentality. <laughs> bass-ackwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And it's it's... You know, or I, I don't think we, I don't think we will all solve these problems here on this podcast today. But I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's definitely acknowledging that there is is yeah. something going well, on. Um, I just like very little things really do make a huge difference. Like free food, or like one free meal on a Sunday, or like mm-hmm. getting a ride somewhere, um, giving a hug. <laughs> Um, but, but like really basic stuff, I think like public transportation and not having food deserts, um, Mm. would change the city of Baltimore. Food deserts. Yeah. Talk about food deserts a bit. I don't think a lot of people know about Um, that. I'm not familiar. Oh, okay. Well, it's just a term for like an area that doesn't have a grocery store or like, like it was such a big deal during the Baltimore uprisings last year that the CVS burnt down. Um, at like Penn and North because that was where a lot of people got their meals and like I'm not gonna or or a lot of stuff like ramen noodles instead of going to a super fresh and buying vegetables and meat and stuff Um, so yeah a food desert is an area where there isn't access to buy like real food and we have a lot of that in the city yeah, and I had no idea. You know, it's funny because I didn't until I'm until moving to Baltimore um, and you know going to some groups that talk about these things. Um, I wasn't aware at all that this was a thing. Uh, you know, um, but yeah, this is a real issue. Um, and like, like I'm lucky that I have a car and can drive to Trader Joe's with all the other white people um, in all the way in Towson. Um, 
and and that's another thing like transportation to food um right. yeah and well, eating food out of cans and plastic bags is it's now like coming out that that stuff like there's lead linings in plastic bags and that's bad for your brain so mm. like it's not it just sucks yeah do you do, what do you think is deterring the people from going and putting a, a like business cases for for people moving in to and putting a grocery store there i mean do you think it's just the for fear of being of the same thing happening that happened to cvs or uh, uh probably i remember hearing this conversation on um WYPR, Baltimore's NPR, like once a week, mm -hmm. uh, like why aren't there businesses in these neighborhoods? Um, and I never really figured out why. I think it's just like racism and fear and people stick to where they are. Mm -hmm. um, I know that stuff is changing. Right. I, uh, guess, I guess people follow, I guess, you know, like gentrification and like, um, apartments and rents and redevelopment i guess i guess the businesses are following the money and if the money is not necessarily going into this certain parts of the city then it's going to these either gentrified neighborhoods or going out into the burbs and maybe that's what they're chasing and they're not thinking about the humanitarian or the uh, philanthropic I don't even know if that's the right term. I don't know English, but um, um, parts of the whole situation, or or the, or the city of Baltimore is not. Maybe maybe there's tax benefits they can provide. Maybe there's incentives they can give to different businesses to move in there, right? Like yeah. an Aldi's. Like an Aldi's is low priced. They got everything you need. Um, good food. Um, they have Aldi's in Germany. Um, Do they? I didn't yeah, know. yeah, that's where I went to get some stuff. Um, it wasn't as cheap there, but um, so just really fast, uh, like Berlin has a lot of the same problems, but there was not like the food desert situation like there is in Baltimore. Um, okay. You can get stuff wherever you want, okay. wherever you are. What parts of Germany, where are there, you know, I guess these types of, of places, I guess, where there's like the lower income families, I suppose. Is that right? Is that, I don't know if that's the right phrasing, but. Uh, what, uh, what about, I don't know what the term is. Um, a lot of people get uh, like welfare, um, mm -hmm. but also have jobs and are, I don't know, like clean looking um, right. or whatever. Uh, it's, it's very, it's really different. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's not shameful. It's really normal. Um, like school is free. Grad school is free. What? Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> so know, I I, know. I didn't know that. I mean, it's not as prestigious as like Johns Hopkins University, but, um, yeah, you can get a master's in something really interesting and useless in a lot of parts <laughs> of Europe mm -hmm. and you can get paid to go, um, which is something we could think about. But that would take a long time to talk about. Um, right. So I, what what was your question? I don't know. I I I, I was just wondering whether you you visited a bunch of different parts of of, of Berlin and and parts of Germany and and um, I guess I'm I'm trying to re arrive at my question. But but you went to these different parts and you went to the artist areas and to the creative parts. Um, 
you know what what is it what is it like like what does it feel like walking on a street in one of these areas and going through the different types of neighborhoods and you know is there what's the the feeling that you get what's the perception um like safety and fun safety uh, and fun <laughs> yeah um well i it it was a lot different than when i was there 2 years ago um that might be because I've matured and the people I've hung out with have matured, but it also seemed a lot quieter. Mm-hmm. Um, like in 2014, it was still very popular to be like a squatter. Um, hmm. So like the hipster thing was to live in an abandoned warehouse. And um, oh, my mom just came in, guys. <laughs> anyway. Um, to live in an abandoned warehouse with your friends and your dogs and to do drugs and to spray paint and to not take money from the government and just kind of like steal and roam around. I don't know how these people I know really survived. Um, And then when I came back and uh, visited my friend again, she was living in a really like fancy part of Berlin um, called Charlottenburg um, where like the Hitler Stadium was, mm. uh, just like a lot of rich people, and everyone was going back to school. Everyone was saying, "No, squatting isn't cool anymore. Um, it's cool to like be healthy and have your shit together." Mm. Um, and I think that was also because there were so many uh, refugees that have come into Germany. Um, gotcha. So yeah, and also it was quieter in general. Like in 2014, I remembered walking to. Um, this like really famous big arch that I can't remember the name of right now. And there were like cops with blood on them and like a big protest had just been broken up and people were angry and um, everything was just quieter. Uh, I mean, people had a lot to say about Donald Trump, but they weren't like, fuck Angela Merkel. Like we want to be the anarchists. Um, yeah, so I don't know, maybe seeing people who had very different, like, political experiences in their face uh, caused this, like, calmness. Because, um, like, some of it seemed kind of, uh, like, why wouldn't you want to just take care of yourself? Why wouldn't you accept free money? Like, why don't you want to be, to make your life a little bit easier? And now people are doing that. Um, yeah. Huh. Ah, that's interesting. And, you know, um, and I want to know, you've seen, that's a definitely interesting contrast between your previous visit. Oh, um, yeah, it, yeah. And, and you, know, at t- you know, times they are rapidly, constantly evolving. So maybe it, it is a difference in the types of people that are, you know, coming up and becoming of age to, uh, to join those types of, you know, movements and, and groups. Um, but another thing that I wanted to ask you that, um, as you're going around to these different parts, like what, it sounded like it was easy, fairly easy to get around fairly. Was it fairly easy to find bed or were you crashing in people's places mainly? I was crashing, um, the whole time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess like the most interesting place I stayed in was, uh, a friend's apartment in, um, Friedrichstein, which used to be a really cool part and still is, but is now uh, becoming like Williamsburg-y. Huh. Um, 
and uh, Nina set me up with that place and said, um, like, this is where my friend who does a lot of heroin sometimes lives. Uh, and I thought, like, oh, my God, gross, I'm going to die. Really? Um, yeah, yeah I, that's, that's what I thought. And then I learned, like, a space doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get injected with heroin when you're taking a shower. <laughs> um, it, it's just an apartment. Um, there was a lot of dog hair. It was in, like, a very cool spot, and nothing bad happened. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, otherwise, like, couches... You're telling me heroin users are humans, too? <laughs> I... Maybe. Wow. That's a I mean, at least they, they need places to stay, and they need bathrooms and stuff. Right. Wow. Yeah. You're, you're speaking some radical thoughts here. <laughs> so, oh, man, yeah. I learned a lot. Gotcha. I gotcha. And... and for for selfish reasons and for for I you know I love living through other people's stories. Were there what are were there any like high highs and low low stories from your three week week stint? Was there any high points and there were there low points? Um, yeah. Wow. Um, I guess I wasn't prepared for it to be really really cold. Mm. <laughs> So, like, I just gave, like, summer clothes away and bought, like, a long skirt and a sweater and wore that a lot. Um, I mean, uh, I remember getting kind of lost on my last night in Berlin when I was going back the day after to um, uh, Mannheim. And uh, I had been walking past this place called, like, Raw Temple. Um, I forget what it is in German, but it used to be a squat that got so cool, it became a bunch of nightclubs. And um, oh, wow. Nina was like, oh, you can't go there anymore. It got taken over. <laughs> um, so I was, like, trying to head back, and I passed this area that was just popping, and there were pretty lights, and... Um, it was loud and I walked in and I had like taken a bunch of pictures of the graffiti there a couple of days ago because I thought it was cool and didn't realize this is the spot that um, Nina and her friends were talking about and um, my phone was dying and I saw like it's 20 euro to get into this cool show um, and I don't know it's like a giant giant space um, mm -hmm. it's kind of like a park just with man-made structures and things painted everywhere. There's like a rock climbing facility. Um, huh. There are bars, there are band spaces. It was just a, like the ultimate DIY space. Um, so I went in there and I heard people speaking English and um, made some friends with some like old Scottish men who <laughs> like were Scottish in all the ways I think Scottish people are mm -hmm. like they were really drunk and really angry and said like fucking this and fucking that and um <laughs> like just had I don't know I talked to a lot of people for a really long time never went to any shows just like kept meeting weird people who came to this like giant circle that got bigger and bigger um and then I I don't know I put my hands in my pockets at some point like you do that and um i found these like candy wrappers with like white rocks in them uh. and then it was like oh huh, that's weird um and then like 
the, the Scottish man who I was talking to, um, we talked for a really long time because he's working with this author I really like, Don DeLillo. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys should read him. Anyway, <laughs> um, he like did the thing where like you shake someone's hand and they pass you drugs. Oh. Um, and I didn't know. I thought that was just like a movie thing. Um, <laughs> so I like have these drugs like literally planted on me. And I think I texted you, Mike, like, what is a white rock? <laughs> um, yeah. And I, <laughs> I don't know. So uh, I guess I had been drinking all day and, like, wandering around and stuff. And then this, like, old man who I just completely trusted because he had a cool accent and was, like, older. It was like, you should do this with me. Um Huh. And I like never done stuff before, like where you snort things, and uh. um, so I snorted this weird, like a line of this like white rock that was in my this pockets was, like, in my coke? hands. I guess so. Um, whatever it was, it made me feel really cool, and <laughs> <laughs> and like mid, um, like calm. Hmm. Whatever it was, I can tell why it's addicting. Um, but then I got freaked out. Like, what am I doing? It's four o'clock in the morning. I'm with all these people right. who I've never met before. And um, then I got really hungry and started trading things and stories for like rides. And I ended up getting a ride on someone's bike. Like, I sat in a box to the best falafel place in Berlin. Oh, what's and- it called? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. And I like couldn't really read at that point. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So anyway, I got a ride to the falafel place and like a free falafel. And then I like traded more of these drugs to get a ride back to uh, where I was staying, which was like 10 miles away. Wow. That was really cool. And um, uh, I've had some other like weird experiences. They they would take a long time. But like what I got was to um, be fucking careful, but also, I guess if you trust the situation, like really have fun. Um, and I recorded some conversations I had from that night too. Ah, cool. Um, Yeah. So that was like the night I did something with people. Unknown substance. Yeah. It was fine. I'm still alive. Um, Gotcha. That sounds like, it sounds fun. Yeah. As like a harm reductionist, I would have to like, uh, yeah, have to say, oh, you should like know what you get, but you know, it sounds like I, you, you're okay. So I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like everywhere I've ever been, even in Baltimore, like biking to see you, like last week, Mike, like mm. some old person was like, be careful. Like everyone tells me to be careful because the world is dangerous. But um, in all of my travels, everywhere I've ever been like in Turkey, in New York, in Germany, in Italy, I've always only gotten help from strangers. Hmm. Yeah, um, well, that's true for sure. So, like people, people generally will help you when you need right. it. Right. So, I mean, I also think I'm really lucky and didn't realize like maybe it's dumb to be um, like a, I'm very naive, like a naive, oblivious woman doing drugs with strangers in a place you don't live most of the time, right. but. I've only been lucky and have learned and felt better after all this stuff. Interesting. That's that's wild. Like mm. I know I'm I'm definitely Mike knows me. I'm definitely more of the cautious. Yeah. I don't I don't <laughs> I, I I if I were in the same situation I'd be like, "Thanks man, I'll talk to you later." But the the story is is a really is a really interesting story and I'm glad everything's okay. 
Glad um, you're still alive. Yeah, me too. <laughs> For now. <laughs> um, cool. But uh, anyway, guys, well, I, Amy, I really appreciate um, you being on here yeah. and sharing yeah. your, your life and your stories with us and your opinions. And uh, we, we're very grateful for having them. And please, everyone listening, we're going to be posting Amy's conversation while she was in Berlin with her friend. Um, I'm blanking because I don't know. Nina. 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 Yes. Nina. Uh, Nina Kamui. Nina Kamui. Um, yes. Should I say anything about her or just? Um, you know. Yeah, sure. Give us a little preview. Yeah. Like oh, in, in a well, sentence or two. Before we started talking about the city of Baltimore for like 20 minutes, um, <laughs> so I met her in Baltimore. Um, she was studying literature and I like studying literature and was like another like wild, angry feminist who says like and like fuck a lot. And um, we've maintained our friendship. Um, she grew up in Germany to parents who fled Iran in 1979. Um, and then they moved to like Kearney or Parkville, Maryland when she was 12. So she knew German and Farsi already. And then she learned English um, and went to college in Maryland and then went back to Germany for grad school and um, studied like immigration and European literature and is very, very politically active and very loud. And um, mm-hmm. she's done a lot of really cool stuff, and she's like a very prolific writer and speaker. But she's also like one of the goofiest people <laughs> I've ever met. Mm. Um, and I asked her about um, living in Berlin as an Iranian German American, whatever she is. And um, yeah, she was a refugee a bit, for like twenty some years, right? Yeah, or- she became an American. Um, I think in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. And so her daughter is an American, and it's good that she was born before someone might become president and makes that change. Huh. huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 we'll see what happens in history, but um, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, uh, their conversation is very interesting. They get into you know they talk more about Germany and Berlin and how it's changed, and they get more into the specifics of what it's like in in that part of the world and um what it's like being uh, to put it to paraphrase stateless for 22 years and being um you know being kind of on an island or at least parts of parts of uh, nina's uh, conversation it it sounds like she felt like that at some points Mm. um but yeah but then it comes back to your guys your friendship and interesting conversations about life and growing up so it's definitely worth the listen um they're both very smart ladies and we're glad that they were willing to share their their story with us but amy thank you again for joining us thank you so much yeah yeah thank you. this was really cool i didn't think we would be talking this long but um i've learned a lot yeah definitely. and i'm happy to share thanks. yeah thank you for sharing um well thanks everyone Uh, for listening to Walking the Earth Podcast. I'm Justin Castle, um, signing out from Astoria, New York. And I am Mike Margulies. I am uh, saying farewell from Baltimore, Maryland. And I'm Amy saying whatever from Garrison, New York. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening to the Walking the Earth Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Take care.